Good evening. Welcome to Nighttime. I'm Dave Wager, your host here in the studios at Silver Birch Ranch on the campus of the Nicolay Bible Institute. Thanks for joining me this evening. Hopefully we can sort out the silliness of the world for a little bit and talk about things that are just true and right. Things that bring peace to our hearts. Not things that give us temporary relief, but true peace, lasting peace that comes from God alone. If you want to live in peace, you need to know the truth and you need to apply the truth to your life and the peace will come. In fact, it'll be peace that passes understanding. A lack of peace means you're looking in the wrong spot to find it. Because peace is not dependent upon circumstances. It's not dependent upon a feeling. It's dependent upon walking with God and knowing who's in charge, knowing our lives matter, having our significance in God, and having our security in Him. And the peace that passes understanding is available to every person regardless of the circumstances of life. I've been talking about the book of Ecclesiastes and want to continue that tonight. Let me read Ecclesiastes chapter 3 from the ESV version. For everything there is a season and a time for every matter under heaven, a time to be born, a time to die, a time to plant, and a time to pluck up what is planted, a time to kill, a time to heal, a time to break down, and a time to build up, a time to weep, and a time to laugh, a time to mourn, and a time to dance, a time to cast away stones, and a time to gather stones together, a time to embrace, and a time to refrain from embracing, a time to seek, and a time to lose, a time to keep, and a time to cast away, a time to tear, and a time to sow, a time to keep silence and a time to speak, a time to love and a time to hate, a time for war and a time for peace. What gain has the worker from his toil? I have seen the business that God has given to the children of man to be busy with. He has made everything beautiful in its time. Also, he has put eternity into man's heart, yet so he cannot find out what God has done from the beginning to the end. I perceive that there is nothing better for them than to be joyful and to do good as long as they live. Also that everyone should eat and drink and take pleasure in its toil. This is God's gift to man. I perceive that whatever God does endures forever. Nothing can be added to it nor nothing taken away from it. God has done it so that people fear before him that which is already has been and which is to be already has been, and God seeks what has been driven away. Moreover, I saw under the sun that in the place of justice even there was wickedness, and in the place of righteousness even there was wickedness. I said in my heart, God will judge the righteous and the wicked, for there is a time for every matter and for every work. I said in my heart with regard to the children of man that God is testing them that they may see that they themselves are but beasts. For what happens to the children of man and what happens to the beasts is the same. As one dies, so the dies the other. They all have the same breath. 
and man has no advantage over beasts, for all is vanity. All go to one place. All are from dust to dust. All return. Who knows whether the spirit of man goes upward and the spirit of beast goes down to the earth. So I saw that there is nothing better that a man should rejoice in his work, for that is his lot. Who can bring him to see what will be after him? Chapter 3 in the book of Ecclesiastes starts off with talking about how life is seasonal. Often when I talk to young people, I talk about how seasonal life is. I'm certainly in a different season of life. I'm in my late 60s, and I'm enjoying what God has done through my life and through the ministry of Silver Birch Ranch and Nicolay Bible Institute and Wolf River Refuge and Foster Family Connect and this podcast ministry and radio. I enjoy getting up every day and seeing what God has for us. It hasn't always been this way. When we first moved up to Silver Birch Ranch in 1981, there wasn't a winterized building here in northern Wisconsin. We had to winterize them. We had to put furnaces in. We had to dig water pipes six feet underground so they wouldn't freeze. We spent a lot of time with shovels in our hands down in ditches trying to put things together. I don't do that anymore. Well, it's not that I wouldn't like to do that. It's not that I wouldn't do it if it was necessary. But life is seasonal. Life is seasonal in families. Two people get married that have never been married before. They're going to enter a new season of life. The interesting part about that is there's no way that they've ever been through that season. And by the time they're experienced in that season of life, they'll never see that season again. For us on the earth, when I look at the seasons that I go through of just physical life, seasons of summer and fall and winter, I can tell you how to prepare for each of those. I've been through a few winters. I've been through a few springs. I've been through a a few summers. And I know how to prepare for those time periods. But if I'm getting married for the first time, I may not know how to go through that. I can talk to others who have gone through that, and they can give me ideas of how that season was in their life. But most likely, my season is going to be unique. And I'm going to need to look to God to carry me through that season. If you've never been married before and you get married, and then one day you have children, you realize before your first child is born that that's a new season in life for you. And you've never been there before. You've never had a first child. And throughout the pregnancy and throughout the time before that child is born, you keep thinking of the new season of life that you're going to enjoy. You can't really prepare for it, but you can by walking with God. See, the interesting thing is that God knows what's coming up for sure, all the details. And he knows how to prepare you for it. So he's the one you want to go to. Well, you can go to other people, and I would encourage you to do that. But probably us having our first child and you having your first child might be different in some sense. The seasons might be a little different than what we might anticipate. And once you go through that season with your first child, 
you'll never go through that again. Perhaps you get the privilege of having a second child. See, you've never had a second child before, so you're in a new season again. I guess my point is pretty simple. As life moves on, the experiences that you and I have are seasonal. They're new. We can learn how to adjust by going and talking to people who have gone before us, and that certainly is helpful, and I encourage you to do that. But we can also be very intimate with God and trust that he will prepare us for whatever is ahead, because we honestly don't know what's ahead. The best way to prepare for the uncertainties of life is to go to the certainty of God and spend time with him. Once we're spending time with God, He's the one who allows his Holy Spirit to guide and direct us and to prepare us for what's ahead. And no matter what the season is going to bring at that point, we'll be ready for it. Because God's the one that prepared us and he's the one that knew what was coming. I've had many surprises in life that I wasn't really prepared for. I remember there was a time where we had a derecho a terrible windstorm go through Silver Birch Ranch. And in 15 minutes, about 30 out of 60 buildings were damaged. We had to close the camp. We had 300 people on grounds, and nobody got hurt, and we're thankful to God for that. But when we got up that morning, there was no possible way that we were thinking that we were going to need to work at clearing the property of the trees that had fallen. It was a brand new season of life that was thrust upon us with no preparation. Or was there preparation? Did God not put into our hearts before it ever happened how to prepare for emergencies? Did he not give us the tools and the skills and, and the association with people that would help us get through that storm? When the storm hit us, we had a barrage of people come and help. There were people that had special skills. There were other camps that showed up with their camp dump trucks and their chainsaws and lent us a hand. It was amazing to see the body of Christ pull together and take care of an emergency that was a new season of life for us. We learned in that season how to cooperate with others. We learned in this season how to deal with insurance companies in a different way. We learned in that season that God was in charge again even when everything seemed chaotic and out of control. We've already been through a derecho. But I've never been through two derechos. I wonder if there's another one in the future. See, I don't know, but since I know God, I know he would prepare me for it. And we'll be ready for whatever comes because we walk with God. Everything, there is a season and a time for every matter under the heavens. There's a time to be born and a time to die. Be very frank. You do know that if you're listening to me today that you were born at one point. There was a time in life where you came into this world. There was a time where you were conceived. You were crafted in your mother's womb by God. And then you were born one day into this world. You didn't get to choose your parents. You didn't get to choose the country that you were born in. You, you didn't get to make a lot of those choices. But you were born. That started a new life on this earth. 
your life will go on forever. But you have to understand that the physical life that you have right now is going to end one day. Because there is a time to be born and there's a time to die. God knew the time that you were going to be born and prepared your parents for you. And as you look into the Psalms, you see that he created you special in your mother's womb. That's all past. He's also going to put effort into your death. You'll be prepared for it. If you walk with God, if you enjoy him throughout your life, if you listen to him, when your time comes to leave this earth, you'll be ready for it. Because there's a time to be born, and God knows how to prepare you for that. And there's a time to die. And God knows how to prepare you for that. For those that are without God, those who are Christless, who have not put their trust in Jesus Christ as their Savior, they have no hope. There's no way to be prepared for the future. There's no way to be prepared for death. Death will always be a scary moment for them. But for those who are in God's family, there's a time to be born. There's a time to die. There's a time to plant, and there's a time to pluck up what is planted. There, there's a time, if you live in farm country, you understand there's a time to plant out there. Right now, if you were trying to plant things in northern Wisconsin, as I do this podcast, you, you'd be silly because there's ice all over the ground and snow, and this is not the time to plant. And if you want to plant now, you better expect nothing to happen because it's not going to. Most likely, if there's any birds out there, they're going to come and pick up the seed that you put down anyway because there's nowhere for it to go. See, there is a time where you put an effort into something because it's the best time to put an effort into it. But there's a time where you don't. You just wait. There's a time to kill. There's a time to heal. There's a time to break down. There's a time to build up. There is a time to weep, and there's a time to laugh. I'm not sure I always know those times. Sometimes I laugh when I shouldn't, and I probably weep when I shouldn't. In other words, there's times that happen in our life that God's preparing us for. And I encourage you to go into the book of Ecclesiastes and reread this several times. And just realize that you can trust God in preparing you for whatever the times are that are coming up. I don't really know what those times are. I don't know what they are for me. You see, in my life, my dad died of a heart attack, so he died very suddenly. My mom died very slowly. My mother-in-law died very suddenly. My father-in-law died very slowly. See, I'm not always sure how this works. I do know that everybody's going to die. I am so thankful that God loves me, my wife, my kids, and that if we're listening to him and walking with him, he's going to prepare us for a very difficult moment to go through. Because there is a time where the seasons change. As I get older, I realize that the seasons have changed on me a little physically. I, I certainly can't do what I used to do. My shoulders hurt, my hips hurt. and If I go out and work physically really hard all day, I, I don't walk real well the next day. Once again, I'm not sure that I should do all that physical labor anymore. I have to accept the season of life that I'm in and see what I can do during this season. See, during the season, the summer, we know that there's water on the lake. We can water ski. We can fish. We can go out in boats. We can do all kinds of things. 
Right now is not the time for water skiing, though, because the lake is actually ice. There are things that are appropriate in various seasons. And I need to understand what's appropriate in the season that I'm in, and I need to adjust my life to that. And as I do, I can enjoy that season. If in the summertime I want to refuse the fact that it is warm and maybe hot and humid and go out with my winter coat on, I'm the one that's going to suffer because I refuse to adjust to the season that's out there. Or in the winter, if I refuse to wear a coat, I want to wear shorts and sandals and go outside in a t-shirt, again, I would be refusing to adjust according to the season of life that I'm in. All that's going to do is cause people to think I'm goofy. What I need to do is always be aware of the season of life I'm in. Some of you are in seasons that are very interesting. You might be taking care of children in your home and taking care of elderly parents at the same time. It's a unique season. Some of you are the elderly parents. Some of you may be the children that are listening. All the seasons are different. But the answer to successfully go through a season is not. It's intimacy with God. The ninth verse goes on in chapter 3 to say, What gain has the worker from his toil? I've seen the business that God has given the children of man to be busy with. He's made everything beautiful in its time. I like that line. He's made everything beautiful in its time. Also, he put eternity into man's heart, yet so that he cannot find out what God has done from the beginning to the end. As I look into the world in which I live, into the eternities, I understand that I don't understand, and that allows me to understand. I can't comprehend eternity. I can't comprehend timelessness. God can. He has made me with eternity in mind. I understand that this life that I live is not the only thing that I will ever live. When I close my eyes on this life, I understand I'll be around for eternity afterwards. See, I have that in my heart already. I know that one day when I close my eyes on this life, that I will open them and see the King. I know that I'll be cared for. I know that I will never be alone. See, I know that my life can actually matter, that it can be invested in things that actually matter, and I know that the creator and sustainer of the universe could actually look at me one day and say, well done. I also know he's not going to lie. So he could look at me and say, nice try. Or he could look at me and say, lousy try. I have no idea. However, now as I live, I should take the eternity that God has put in my heart and live as if that's true. I think oftentimes we push the eternity that God puts in our hearts away. We'd like to live for the moment. We'd like to live as if this moment is the only moment that actually counts. We push that eternity away from us. We're in trouble when we do that because we're not meant to. Truth is, I'll be physically dead a whole lot longer than I'm ever alive. For billions and billions and billions of years, I will not be on this earth. I don't know how many years God's given me on this earth. But I'm going to be existing a whole lot more not on this earth than on this earth. And when this earth becomes the thing that's all important to me, where I start living for 
now on this earth, I could be in big trouble. Because the eternities that God put in my heart are being ignored. I've had friends who have been missionaries all over the world, and as I hear them talk, I realize that people all over the world, they have eternity in their heart. They would have to push it away. You know, God put it in our hearts from the time that we were created, that we're not to just live for the moment, but we're living for the eternities. That we were created and were sustained by a loving God. And we get to respect the fact that He is our God, that He loves us. We get to point to Him in all that we do and say. See, He's made something beautiful, and it's time. If I actually listen to Him, my life will be something that He can point to and say, I've made something beautiful. And the nice thing is, is that I can actually do what he asked me to do. If he asked me to listen to him, I can do that. If I'm Moses, I can't split the Red Sea myself or do the plagues or anything else, but I could listen to God. If I'm Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, I can't stop the king from throwing me into the furnace, but I could listen to God. If I'm Noah, I could build a boat in a mountain. I can't make the floods come up. I can't make the people quit making fun of me, but I can listen to God. I may not be able to change the world or the course of the world or even get people to listen to this podcast, but I can listen to God. That's because I have an eternity in mind. Verse 14, I perceive that whatever God does endures forever. Nothing can be added to it, nor nothing taken from it. God has done it so that people fear before him. God is the eternal one. He always has been, always will be. I once wasn't, but I always will be from now on. You see, I have a different quality than God. I had a beginning. There was a time where I was conceived. Yes, God knew me from the beginning, and yes, he knew all about me. He knows my whole life before I'm even born. He knows the choices I'm going to make the decisions that I make. He's going to know everything about me. He knows all the seasons of my life already. I never thought I'd live past 60, and now I'm in my later 60s. Because my dad died at 60. My uncle died at 60. See, the window of opportunity for life to me seemed to stop around 60 years old. And I thought I would not live past 60, and I can imagine God whispering to Michael, the archangel, or somebody, he doesn't get it. He's going to live till, and he gives a different age. I don't understand everything, but I do know that God is in eternity, past, present, and future. And I really don't understand that at all. I do understand that I don't understand. And what I do understand is that God loves me. And he's capable of taking care of everything that will come in the future. And I'll trust that he will. That which is, it says in verse 15, already has been. That which is to be already has been. And God seeks what has been driven away. Oh, it's interesting to try and think of eternity and to try and put timelessness into perspective even. 
Now, God has no time around him. Timeless. If you've heard this before, you've heard me talk about Einstein, talking about his theory of relativity, and the idea also that if you travel at the speed of light, there is no time that passes. Somewhere the scientists have proven Einstein correct. And I'm always thinking about what it's like to be in a timeless place. When I talk about being in eternity forever, I'm using a time term, forever. But can you use that term if you're in a timeless place? I don't know. In fact, when I do leave this earth and I open my eyes and I see the eternities in front of me, I see Jesus, my advocate, my savior, my co-heir. Will my parents think that I just joined them because they were traveling in space and no time has really passed since the time they died? Will no time have passed when I see the Apostle Paul, when I see Jesus? I don't understand this timeless thing at all. You know, though, I don't need to understand it. I need to just accept it. I need to accept my limitations. I need to accept the ideas that I'm Dave and that God is God. I need to understand that the people who don't know God are going to act like they don't know God, and they're going to try and find answers elsewhere. Verse 16, Moreover, I saw under the sun that the place of justice, even there was wickedness, and the place of righteousness, even there was wickedness. I said in my heart, God will judge the righteous and the wicked, for there is a time for every matter and every work. Indeed, there is. Every single human will one day give an account to God. If you're listening to me today, you will give an account to God one day for your life, and I will too. I don't know when that will be, but you will. One of the easiest things really to do to prepare for the future is to get to know God. Pick up the Bible, read it. Not just to read it so that God doesn't strike you with lightning, have your quickie devotion so that somehow God blesses you with material blessings. Nothing and the Bible tells us that will happen. But you read the scripture so you can get to know who God is. You can understand his ways and you can adjust your life according to his ways because he's the one that's setting you up for the season that is to come. You're not setting yourself up. He's setting you up. And if you're understanding that, you would never skip a moment of time with him because he is so faithful to set you up. I can't do that in a human sense. Oh, I can tell you that you need to have the mind frame that one day you're going to die, so you need to prepare for that day. But you know, that could be 10, 15, 20, 30, 40, 50 years away for you. And God could have you focusing on something totally different right now. I really don't understand how all the timing works. But I do know that I have a shepherd. And I can go by the shepherd and stand. And if I'm standing by the shepherd, there's nothing in the world, nothing that's coming up that should scare me because the shepherd will take care of all of it. I just really need to learn how to listen to the shepherd. And you need to learn to listen to the shepherd as well. I hope you have the goal of being obedient to God. 
that when God's Word says something, you look for ways to obey it because as you're obedient to God, you can be prepared for those seasons ahead that you're not even sure of what they are because God will make sure you're ready for them. There have been so many times where I am so thankful that I had read what I read, that I was prepared like I was prepared because I could never have guessed what was ahead. God is so merciful and so gracious and so loving that he wants you to be prepared for what's coming up in the seasons of life. He's not going to lie to you and tell you you're going to know what they are. But you can rest in the fact that he knows what they are. And he'll get you ready. Well, I hope you're enjoying the book of Ecclesiastes. It's a wonderful book to just read and discuss. The wisdom is incredible because it's of God and one of the wisest people that he ever had on the earth. God does love you. He wants you to enjoy him and walk with him. And when you do that, you'll be prepared for the future. I wish you the peace of God that passes all understanding that comes to those who are obedient to God and want to honor him. Good night for now from Silver Birch Ranch on the campus of the Nicolet Bible Institute.